On a cloudy, overcasted early April afternoon, activists and counter-protesters met in what has become an annual tradition. On one side, members and allies of the Native American community stood to speak out against the continued use of the Cleveland Indians team name and, more specifically, the shifty-eyed, toothy-grinned, red-faced mascot, Chief Wahoo. On the other side, mostly white, often drunk, Indians diehards, triggered by the franchise's early January decision to make the 2018 MLB season Chief Wahoo's farewell tour, responding with vitriol and outcry. How can you take Chief Wahoo away from us? He's part of who we are. Welcome to the latest episode of Golden Disaster, a five-part podcast series examining how and why Marquette University ditched the Warriors' nickname in the early 90s and adapted the Golden Eagles moniker. It's, it's an interesting issue because uh, people are raised with sports teams or you know they associate so many good times with sports teams and... Uh, of course, it's all about cheering and pep rallies and all that kind of thing. So all of that uh, celebration and, and ongoing uh, conditioning, really, that goes on is then kind of built into a lot of people. And it's hard, I think, for them to just let go of that without feeling like they're being made to give something up. Today, I spoke with David Denomi, Marquette's Director of Student Success and Recruitment at the College of Communication and a proudly enrolled member of Northern Wisconsin's Bad River Ojibwe or Chippewa tribe. He's an active member in Milwaukee's Native American community and grew up in the city during the Al McGuire heyday of Marquette Warriors basketball. He's certainly part of the group who wishes to see logos like Chief Wahoo and names like the Redskins and mascots like the Marquette Warriors be a thing of the past. But he understands why it's hard. People overreact in the sense that uh, they think that they're being called racist because they've always done this and they've always seen it as harmless. So they react defensively at the idea that this is racist because they take it as themselves being called racist then by association. So I think it's... uh, not an easy issue for some people that way just like here we still encounter some of the marquette warrior thing uh with people who still have a hard time letting go of that and i actually grew up here in milwaukee and i was a kid during the al mcguire years so i cheered with everybody and you know i understand that but it's easier to do than people realize i think uh once you get over that that lifetime of conditioning and the idea that no it's not that you're being called racist it's just that people are asking you to think about this in a different way and if you can get beyond that then change can happen even so he's often surprised with the level of passion sports fans bring towards defending the status quo of their team it's just a sports team it's just a name of a sports team you know it's really not a giant issue you know i i once heard a guy talking on the radio on a talk show And he called in and he said, you know, I've never gotten involved in anything political in my whole life. I've never written a letter to my congressman. I've never gotten involved in anything. But my God, this has me really angry now. And I'm thinking, there's all kinds of things happening. There's wars. There's economic disasters. There's all kinds of things to be upset about. And none of it ever bothered him. But this does. You know, it was just kind of mind-boggling to me in a way. And, And But... 
I say that, and, and again, I think you have to have some degree of understanding to try to reach out to people and not to understand that they're feeling like you're attacking them and you're not really. And that's hard to do from our side, I mm-hmm. think, you know. Denomi says he gets why it takes time for the general public to come around on these sorts of issues because, frankly, it took time for the Native American community to take issue with it themselves. It was just, I think, a time when uh, the politics in general were not there. You know, there hadn't really been an activist Indian movement like the American Indian movement that came later uh, that really brought it into the public eye, and these issues just were not really issues back then uh, that were discussed. It took a while for people, and I think also for us as Indian people, to think about what it meant when people were doing this. Additionally, he acknowledges why it's hard for general fans to get on board with the movement when it doesn't always seem to have unanimous support among the Native American community themselves. And the other thing they'll do is they'll say, I know an Indian. My friend, John, who's a Navajo, he, he likes these logos. And so there you go. So one Indian agrees with me. So obviously they're not unanimous against it. You know, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's like a exercise in, in bickering in a way at that point. Because you'll always find some Indian people who it doesn't bother. I mean, I I worked with a guy uh, at uh, Milwaukee Indian Manpower Council, and he thought it was actually good PR for Indians, and that was his opinion, and that's fine, but it's really not the majority opinion, especially not anymore. I asked him to break down exactly the core underlying issue with using Native American names and Indian motifs as the basis for sports franchises. It doesn't have to be like, Uh, an ugly caricature or something like that. But just the idea that you're using people as an opponent or as as a symbol to strike fear in the hearts of your enemy. If you think about it, that is probably the most uh, widespread motivation for using an Indian logo is because people are afraid of Indians. We gotta fight the Indians. Not we're trying to honor Indians' history, all these things that you hear people kind of make up. Uh, That wasn't really what it was. It was like, you know, we're the fighting Indians or we're fighting against the Indians. And Indians are uh, almost like the idea that you're using bears and lions and animals. They're, They're almost like that, like a wild savage is coming for you. So it feeds that whole... Uh, notion that we're other, that we're wild, that we're not quite human, and we're something to be feared. Uh, And that really doesn't help us. You know, that really doesn't help us when other issues come up. And if that's all people have as far as their frame of reference for us, it really makes it difficult to work through anything with them. And it does result in, in situations that people should think about. I mean, if we, there are Indian children in many different schools, near reservations, of course, but even here, like me, you know, and, and uh, sprinkled around all around the state. So let's say your team is playing uh, uh, a team called the, the Indians doesn't sound very offensive or anything as far as a name. Indians, not bad. I'm not insulting them. I don't call them the Redskins, you know. So why would they be upset about that? Well, when your child is going to go to their pep rally 
and they're going to have people running around the floor waving plywood tomahawks and screaming and hollering with play makeup on their faces and screaming about scalp the Indians. How does your child feel? This is their learning environment that they're going to for school. And you're talking about their people. And it may seem completely harmless to you, but you're not them. So, you know, even other Indians, it's not my place to speak for all Indians, you know, but I have to respect the fact that these people have good reasons for what they're doing and they're sincere about it. And if they're asking me, you know, it's like if, if you had a, uh, a nickname and you didn't want to use your regular name, your regular name is Orville, okay? And you don't want to be called Orville. So you, t- you asked me to call you something else, your middle name, Jimmy. So, you know, I call you Jimmy because you asked me to. Because that's what you want. Do I understand why it offends you? Maybe not. But what difference does it make to me? Why don't I call you what you ask me to call you? That's just common courtesy. So that's kind of what I see this issue as in in a way, too. It may not be clear to you why it offends people, and you may find some people who, Indian people, who are not offended by it. But there's a lot who are, so why not just change it? It really doesn't hurt. Though again, he sees why gradual change should be acceptable to all parties. You can force people to change things, but it still takes time to work it out and for people to let go, and some old people never let go. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, you know, we all, we all pass on and things change. So even around here, for instance, you know, I really, I don't, I've never really noticed it among students but there's certain groups of alumni that get really antagonized about this issue again, and it comes back again. Uh, but I think that, you know, the change is done and people adjust. Thank you to David Nomi for sharing his insight and perspective. And thank you for listening to this episode of Golden Disaster. I'm Brian Boyle, and we'll be back for more later.